bad news for you. This is episode 13 of the, no, this is episode 14 of the Jazz Jitsu Podcast. I'm your host, Jazz Ortiz, and we're back with another episode. Uh, I think it's 14, 13, I think 13 was the last one. So, this is 14. What is happening, guys? Guys and girls. A uh, a pretty good weekend I had this, uh, this past weekend. Um, what happened? Well... I um I'd been waiting for a couple of weeks to see if I was going to get the call for Fight to Win that was coming to uh, Charlotte and um that was that's a story in itself. So what happened was I had applied for Fight to Win about I would say as soon as they announced it the first time which was about a couple months ago. I think it was even back before I got married, so back in April, and um, I applied for it multiple times because I knew this would be a big opportunity, and I never heard anything back, so I figured, you know, probably couldn't find me an opponent or just some things fell through, but um, uh, I never ended up hearing back from them, and then all of a sudden, the week of the event, I got a message and it was saying, you know, if you're still interested in competing in the event, just uh, reply back to this message. So I replied back and um, didn't hear anything for a couple of days. You know, I figured it's the week of the event. I hope, uh, I hope I hear something. And um, even if it's just a no, just let me know something. And um, I end up hearing back with two opponents at 150 pounds. So then, you know, I, I usually walk around a 147, 148, so I like to compete at, um, it. if I really need to cut, I'll probably cut to like 140 at the lowest in that short amount of time, but I really was aiming towards 145. I wasn't really, not that I was eating like shit, but I was really, I wasn't really watching what I was eating just because I knew from past experiences, I uh, usually have to bump up. So I uh, I kept my weight um, decently high just in case I needed to bump up. And uh, they reached out to me with a one, two 150-pound matches. And I thought, okay, cool. Uh, he hits me up, um, Seth Daniels, the promoter. And um, I was like, okay, cool. I'll take, uh, I'll take either of them. Don't matter. Just whoever says yes. And... Um, didn't hear back that was I want to say went Tuesday or Wednesday and then Thursday night at about midnight I hear something back well I actually text I actually sent him a message and was like you know what uh what's the deal with uh an opponent heard anything back and um he said you know still working on it um let you know so then he hits me up that uh that Thursday at about midnight saying, you know, I've got another match. Kyle, I can't remember his last name, Kyle something, um, at 145. I'm like, okay, 
All right, the completely left field. I went from thinking I was going to fight at 150 to now 145. Okay, whatever, no biggie. I was like, okay, sounds good. Uh, it's basically Friday, the day before the event, and I have to cut five pounds. So what are we going to do about that? So the day before the event, um, I have to send, either show up or send a video of me weighing in. So I cut the weight. Um, then from there, I send the video in and I had to, it was terrible the night before because it was terrible the day before because, um, me and my wife went out shopping. Um, well, she went out shopping. I was just riding along cause I needed to cut weight and I just needed to be walking around or doing something. I couldn't just sit at home cause I'd probably eat everything here. So then, um, I'm cutting the weight. I hadn't eaten like half a day. So then I finally get all the weight off weigh in, send the video in, and, um, got the, made the weight, so then, um, I'm still waiting, uh, the day before for him to confirm, you know, is this, is this a go-ahead, and then it's the day of the event, and I see that the schedule has come out, and it shows all the matches on there, and of course, to my luck, whose match is not on there? Mine. So, um, I'm looking through the list like two or three times, like, am I tripping here or is this really happening? I'm like, I've literally had to wait till the, the day before to find a match. And then now I finally get a match, I think, to, uh, to my knowledge at this point. And then I, uh, I check the schedule and I'm not on the schedule. So again, I send him a message. I'm like, little technical error, uh, but we're back. So, like I was saying, so it's uh, the day of the event. No. It was... No, it was the day before the event. Um, I had seen the schedule come out, so I sent him a message saying, you know, is this match still going down? Like, what's up? So then, he's like, yeah, yeah, it's still going down. So, I'm just like anxiously waiting, going, okay, so what time do I need to be there because if I'm still competing I kind of need to know because I don't want to get there too early and then I'm not till later so yeah there's just a uh, a little tidbit for y'all of the jiu-jitsu competitor experience in your early years this is what you'll have to run into several times um, I don't think it's just necessarily with fight to win I think it's with any promotion, especially with it being so many people competing, I can imagine it can be such a clusterfuck. So, yeah, just be expecting that once you get um, deep into your your competitive uh, career, that that is going to be something you deal with a lot, especially if you're a higher rank, smaller person, because they're so hard to uh, to find in certain areas. Um, people that are smaller and uh, of higher uh, of higher degrees of uh, experience and uh, belts, that it's going to be harder to find those opponents. So you're going to run into that problem uh, more times than you'd like. So um, it was the day of the event now. Well, we're at the day of the event now, and um, I felt pretty good. Um, we drove up. I can't remember what time. But we we left. Oh, I was able to get a good night of sleep. Um Typically, I don't when it comes to competition, just because it's so early sometimes. So, we drove up. Um, I didn't. Uh, 
I knew that my friend uh, Danny was competing, but um, I didn't know if they were going to have a uh, match um, locked in yet because he was in the same uh, boat that I was on and that um, we had heard with opponents, but we haven't gotten a confirmation. So I was glad to see that uh, Danny was competing and uh, we got we linked up and uh, we uh, we helped each other warm up and uh, get ready for uh, to go out and compete. So I was very thankful for Danny. So shout out to Danny. And um, yeah, it was weird because we were we were supposed to corner each other, and then we get to the event and we're and we both run into uh, some people we had been uh, we had trained with previously. Um, John Shell, who uh, owns his own academy and. Uh, I can't remember where it is. Somewhere in, uh, I think it's North Carolina. Um, it's called Shellshock PJJ. Um, he has a lot of experience in the gi, and um, he's one of uh, Danny's friends. And because um, uh, Danny's uh, been up to his school and trained a lot with him, and um, I'll have to definitely make it up there sometime. But um, they were talking, and uh, John, he's a black belt, and he offered Danny to uh, to coach him. And, you know, the day before, me and Danny had made an agreement, you know, we were like, you know, if uh, if you can't find a coach or uh, you can't find a coach, uh, we'll, uh, we'll corner each other. Sound good? Cool. So then he walks up to me and he's like, dude, like, John just offered to coach me. Is that cool with you if, like, I get him to do it? I'm like, well, let's see here. I haven't been in the gi since October. You're competing in the gi. And he's a black belt with several years of experience over me. Yeah, I think I'll pass on this one. I was like, dude, yes. If you have the opportunity to be coached by him, go for it. Because I am going to be no good to you if, uh, um, because I haven't been in the gi. So, I mean, which I still know a few things, but no, not nearly enough to, uh, to be cornering. Um, so it worked out. Um, and then, um, one of uh, one of uh, Gracie Rowley's, um, I think he's a he's still a brown belt maybe. Um, one of Gracie Rowley's uh, great competitors, uh, Andrew Bittner, he had come up to our uh, to our school in Elevate and um, taught a leg lock seminar um, this past Tuesday, and um, I picked up a lot of great things, um, especially off of uh, backside fifty fifty and uh, open guard techniques. So. I was very thankful for him, and um, not only did he uh, did he come by and teach us some great leg locks, but he was also at the event that night. So um, Danny also pointed out to me as I was waiting to uh, to go up for my match. He's like, "Dude," because I was going uh, before Danny. Um, he was like, "Dude, Andrew Bentner's there. You ought to get him to corner you. Didn't wasn't he just at your school recently?" And I was like, "Dude, that's." that's a great point because, um, he's going to know more about my game than, um, Danny might even because, uh, he knows the kind of looks I'm, um, trying to go for. So I said, dude, you ought to go ask him and see what he says. I bet you he would. And so I asked him and he, and thankfully he did. So, um, I appreciate Andrew for that. And, um, so we go out to the, we go out for the match. Um, which I'll be dropping a vlog about that soon, um, just to give you guys a behind-the-scenes look of it. And um, I was so pissed off because my camera made some error um, as I was about to walk out, 
and uh, unfortunately did not save my walkout, which is like the best part. That's like everyone's rocky moment because they're just walking out like they feel like they're the shit. And um, it was funny because uh, one of the one of the uh, crew members there that was with Fight to Win, um, he said, uh, you know, uh, if you could just uh, make your walkout last a little longer because some of these guys are making their walkouts too quick. They're like running out there and we can't get some good pictures, you know. So uh, try and make your walkout last a little longer if you can. I was, And I looked, looked him dead in his eyes and I was like, dude, I can make this shit last five minutes if you need me to. I'll fucking... I love the spotlight. I was like, dude, I'll freaking, I'll make this shit last five minutes if y'all want me to. So I'll soak it all in. So, um, yeah, went out there. Um, hope, hope I put in, put on an entertaining match because I live and die with this philosophy of, I would much rather get submitted than put on a boring match. I never want to be one of those competitors that just, uh, stalls and doesn't engage in any kind of, uh, offense offensive uh action i don't i never want to just stall out a match and try and win on points or um by an advantage so you're never going to get that for me never as long as i compete you'll never get that out of me and if i ever do then just know that if if i win by points just know that it was not intentional i just ran out of time it's never because I just want to uh, coast my way to a decision win. So, yeah, I ended up uh, I ended up getting caught with a inside heel hook um, off of uh, I was inverting. Um, he was trying to throw my legs to the side, and uh, as I was uh, countering it, as I was recovering guard and uh, doing it by inverting, uh, my body and his body were like opposite. Like, my legs were facing towards his head. So, as um, as uh, as I was inverting, he was able to catch, um, like, an overhook grip on my leg and dove on a, uh, on a tight inside heel hook from, uh, from the saddle. So, it was weird because it wasn't like your conventional uh, inside heel hook where, you know, legs are crossed and he's got the grip. However, however he may have it, it was he trapped my my uh, my other leg, the not the pri- the secondary leg, and um, then uh, heel hooked my primary leg. With and it was weird because it it was it wasn't um, the lock itself wasn't tight, but the pinch he had on my heel was super tight. So it I shouldn't have panicked because. Um, it could it hit my knee line wasn't in um in between his legs for him to uh get a successful break but the pinch was so tight on my leg that it um it was enough to scare you enough to uh enough to get that pinch and go oh okay all right tap which i should have uh hand fought and um tried to uh clear my leg which um he did uh dive in on a heel hook um uh at one point when I was, and I was able to get out, but, um, that second time he was able to catch it deep and, um, lock it up in a weird way that I, uh, that I haven't seen before. So, um, I'll definitely be working on uh leg lock defense cause I've been working on a lot of leg lock offense 
and um, I think I need to brush up on uh, defense, so that way that won't happen next time. And um, yeah, it was very weird. I uh, I uh, I was nervous that it was it was on a uh, it was on a on a leg that I had hurt previously. So, but I mean, it, it was all healed up by the time uh, I got out there. And uh, I was just nervous. I didn't want to pull anything, uh, pull anything severely, and uh, may, maybe possibly be out for uh, months on end. So I had to look out for number uno, you know. So um, I'm always gonna, uh, I'm always gonna go for the uh, for the finish at all costs, even if it means you know tweaking something here or there. I'm always gonna go for it, but. Sometimes you gotta look out for a numero uno. Um, something Danny told me backstage that uh, that really resonated with me was he told me back in the back in the uh, um, the U.S. grappling days when he was competing a lot uh, for U.S. grappling. He said they would all have an agreement that when they would go back to work on Monday, um, they would not they would not be all bruised up and 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 uh, beat up. So they would all have an agreement. If you're gonna go on me, and you're gonna try and like finish with a heel hook or whatever submission, do not rip it because I don't know about you, but I gotta be at work in the morning. I gotta be at work on Monday, so don't be ripping shit. So that was something that really stuck with me, and I thought, oh wow, that's crazy. I never, I never thought these conversations were actually had between competitors. So I thought it was, uh, I thought it was hilarious. So um. Yeah, I ended up uh, losing by inside heel hook, but I had some uh, good looks. I was able to, um, I think it was, um, and uh, no no disrespect to my partner in any way, he still got the victory um, fair and square, but I think it was more m- the mistakes I was making more than it was how um, successful he was being with his offense. I was uh, making little small um mistakes that in the future I will not make and um, those small mistakes uh, ended up compiling and um, eventually gave him the uh, the victory which um, like I said no disrespect to him but I definitely didn't didn't feel like I just went out there and completely just fell apart it was I, I had a solid game plan and um, it just needs some fine-tuning and um, I think uh, next time we can get it done so um I'm going to be working very hard to um, to fix my mistakes and um, make my uh, my bottom open guard game even stronger. So um, after that, it was Danny's match, and um, he did great. Um, he was nervous because he hadn't uh, he hadn't competed in over like a year, year and a half. So he was very nervous about uh, the unknown. You know, how was he going to? Um, do once he once he's back in the, out in the competition scene. So um, he did excellent. Um, he ended up finishing by uh, he says his um, he says he thinks his opponent um, as a rolling um, he had his back and um, he had him like in a bow and arrow type position, but his opponent was still defending the uh, the collar by grabbing his own collar and trying to pull it away from the way uh, Danny was pulling it. But um, Danny thinks it might have been um, the guy just had too much and he was uh, he was done. But um, I think he finished him by uh, by the uh, bow and arrow, and because uh, it looked it looked tight. I've I've gotten uh, 
my uh, lapels um, yanked by Danny, and it does not feel great. So he's got the mechanic hands. So um, yeah, I knew uh, I knew Danny would do great just because he's a he's a jujitsu wizard when it comes to the geese. So so he did great, and um, after that, um, it was uh, we. Me and uh, me and my sister stuck around and watched the uh, the whole card. Um, it it was a great card. It was great to see so many uh, so many local people on the card um, on that big stage. So I had uh, I had a few a uh, few of my friends on the card um, from uh, a guy I competed against previously, Philip Painter. He ended up uh, I think it was he lost by decision. I thought he had took it, but judges said otherwise, um, and then you had the whole, uh, DDS crew competing, and, um, unfortunately, they, uh, they all lost their matches, but they all put on a, a hell of a show, and, uh, yeah, it was a great show, um, the, uh, the Taza match, they're saying, um, was a little controversial, you know, maybe, they think maybe Taza might have took it, um, I watched the match. Um, I'm gonna have to go back and watch it again just to, uh, and I'll have to watch it with no sound because sometimes the crowd can have uh, influence on those uh, judges. So you always got to be uh, cognizant of that. And um, yeah, I uh, I will have to go back and watch that again because from my pers my perspective, um, it was very. Uh, I wouldn't have been mad if they even called it a draw. I don't even know if uh, fight to win. Uh, ever allows draws, but um, I, I could have seen a draw. Um, both both opponents were um, both uh, contestants were having great looks, but um, it was definitely a tough match to score. Um, because every time um, what was his opponent's name? I can't even remember his name. I'll have to look it up. But uh, every time Taz's opponent would um drive in on him. He was um he was getting he was getting uh deep on the takedowns, but it wasn't deep enough to uh, finish. It was enough for uh, Taza to snap him down and um, get a dominant position. But um, Taza was never able to get anything off from there, and um, ended up having to pull a few times. And um, and then uh, I don't know how it works. Um, I know it's one point for fight to win um, for slams, but. I don't know, it, like, if I pick you up, like, just a little bit off the ground and then slam you down, does that count as a whole point? Like, as opposed to someone who picks you up rampage style and then slams you down. Like, I feel like the two are two different, very, very two, the two are very different. So, I don't know how they, uh, how they score that, so. That is the uh, that is the only thing that I could see. Um, his opponent got off on him. Uh, got off on uh, Taza more than uh, more than Taza uh, did to him was uh, he racked up those points on uh, on the slams because I think he had a a couple of slams and um, which uh, I uh, I'd much rather um, see uh, two people go against each other in a different style like you don't you never want to see the stolen match where it's just two guys just trying to wrestle each other and trying to take each other down um because that just puts on a boring match um 
so um, much uh, much kudos to uh, Taza for uh, trying to pull and get something going because uh, you know it was uh, once it was like down to a minute or two he uh, he was trying to get something going so um, who knows um, uh, they were saying that uh, maybe the uh, maybe the fact that this guy was a uh, you know it was his hometown in Charlotte maybe that had something to do with it you never know. But uh, it was a good match. Um, hey, I say they run it back, so we'll see. But um, in the main event, it was uh, Gabriel Souza versus uh, Ethan Krellenston. That was a good fight. Um, Gabriel Souza, man, j- he just took it to Ethan, man. It was, uh, it was. Uh, I knew it wasn't going to be an easy task. Um, I don't know. Mu- I didn't know much about uh, Gabriel before uh, before this match. And um, I wondered how he would uh, do against uh, one of the one of the top DDS um, members of the of the DDS squad. And um, it was uh, he did really well against Ethan. Got the uh, got the win very decisively, and um, had a lot of uh, had a lot of good takedowns and uh, top control. So um, and that's no easy task, man. I'll tell you because. Um, on Sunday, I uh, I went to uh, e- Ethan Krellenston. He had a seminar right after his uh, right after his match on uh, Sunday, and I'll tell you, man, I got to roll against Ethan, and I'll tell you, man, that dude is crazy good. I could not get anything off. Uh, I didn't get and the whole time I was playing defense, and I could just feel that he was uh he was just like just letting me move and just float, just float passing, just letting me throw a leg here or throw an arm here, post here, and then just, just running circles around me, just beating the shit out of me. And I knew he was taking it easy on me because it was, there was no force behind anything he was doing. It was just like another day in the another day in the gym, man, for him, and, uh, here I am, I'm, like, the fight of my life, I'm, like, all right, I gotta get out of here, I gotta, get, I gotta get out of this, I gotta get out of this, and I just was never able to get any, any, anything offensive off, he was, uh, he was just playing a very good top game, and, man, he taught us some, uh, some great stuff to, uh, counter, um, inversions from, uh, bottom, and, um, his great, um, his great passing sequence to, uh, north-south, so, it was some crazy stuff, man. So, um, shout out to Ethan, man. He, um, he put on a great seminar and, um, someone else I want to give a big shout out to is, um, Betty from, uh, Roll Forever. She, um, she was a big, big part in, um, helping all this, uh, all these events this weekend come together. So, um, big shout out to her. Um, she, um, she, she always brings out great talent and, um, made this uh fight to win card possible so um i appreciate her very much and i appreciate uh seth daniels for coming out for a uh, fight to win uh in uh charlotte so um i hope uh i hope they come back in the future i know i'll be uh i'll be trying to get on that card and get that dub you know man yeah man what uh what else has been going on oh and uh someone else i want to give a shout out to is um charlotte jiu-jitsu academy they uh they hosted the uh Ethan Krellinson seminar and I'll tell you man, they've got some great guys training over there. I'm gonna have to uh 
make a trip over there for an open mat or a class because those guys are solid, man. They're as good as it gets, and um, they had a lot of people my size, so I could definitely see uh, a huge benefit from uh, for people that want to get great competition experience and uh, roles with really good guys. You need to hit up uh, Charlotte Jiu-Jitsu Academy, and I, uh, I got a lot of good roles there, and I'll definitely be uh, visiting them in the future. Yeah, man, it was a uh, it was a great weekend, and um, not only was it a, a great weekend for jiu-jitsu, but it was also a great weekend for boxing. Hang on. It was a great weekend for uh, boxing because Gervonta Davis took on Mario Barrios, man. And I'll tell you, up until this point, it I thought it was the year of the Mexicans, man. I thought um, this year this year was ours. We're gonna it, it, there's gonna be champions in every single sport. Well, Gervonta Davis put that to a halt, man. He oh he uh what did they call it? Because I know he hit him several times. He, he dropped him several times with uh, headshots, but he dropped him hard one time with a. Uh, I think it was a left hook body shot and just took him out, dude. You can see his body just collapsed and it, it, it was uh it was no recovering from that. And then he somehow stood up, man, and then Gervonta just went right back to work and just stayed on him, man. And I didn't realize that. I knew Gervonta was going up in a weight, but I didn't realize he was going up two weight classes, which is freaking insane. That he was able to do that to uh Mario Barrios, um that's two weight classes bigger than him. I saw them face off the night before, and um, I knew that Mario was significantly taller than him. Like Gervonta, he had uh, he had at least like I would say three, three and a half. Excuse me, three, three and a half inches of um, height on him. Man, this dude is tall. I'd be interested to see how uh, how uh, how tall he is compared to uh, Gervonta. But it was insane, that fight, and the fact that uh, Gervonta was able to put on a performance like that, you know. Um, I didn't get to catch the fight, but I caught the uh, highlights, and um, it, from what it sounds like, he was losing the fight, um, he was losing the fight up until the 11th round, and then on the, uh, on the 11th round, um, uh, now this is what Gervonta said, um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what round this happened, but in the eleventh round, um, he said Mayweather. Um, he said Mayweather uh, looked at him and said, "You know, show me that you're great." So Gervonta goes out, and they had told him, "You know, you're down on the cards. You're down on the cards." And you know, Mayweather said, "Show me that you're great." So he goes out there and knocks this dude out, which was insane the way he was able to stop him. I mean, he he was shutting his lights out from the top. And then um, they told him, you know, go for the body. Boom, goes for the body, takes out, takes out the body, man. That was just that would have taken anybody out. And the fact that um, he took someone out as tough as Mario Barrios, um, who was two weight classes bigger than him, shows you a lot of uh, of Gervonta's potential. I was uh, I was nervous for uh, Gervonta going into this fight. I'm a uh, I would say I'm a Gervonta fan. I like uh, I like his style. I like what he uh, what he brings to the table. So um, 
I would love to see his uh, next fight and uh, who they give him. They're saying Lomachenko, so let's see if they can make that happen. But after that, it um, it kind of it took me back to um, I always enjoy fighters like uh, Gervonta and uh, fight, fighters that remind me of uh, the style of Canelo. That that took me back. Uh, I was thinking about this weekend. It took me back to. Uh, Canelo's fight with Liam Smith, where he dropped him with a hard body shot, and um, it was very, uh, it was very reminiscent of uh, Canelo, and uh, it was, uh, it was very uh, a great win. And how about Floyd Mayweather, man? I'm gonna have to put, I won't, I'm gonna have to put an image uh, up on the screen. I'm gonna put it like right here, of Floyd Mayweather. During Gervonta's fight, dude, he had so many chains on, like it is ridiculous. Like I feel like this is, um, like this is the template they would use. Th- this would be the Floyd Mayweather would be the poster boy for. This is why you should not let adults have just millions and millions of dollars because he had so much, so many chains on that were freaking all diamond studded out and golden and freaking humongous. Uh, I'm sure those chains weighed more than Floyd. And the the fact that he had on like freaking 10 to 19 chains, there's no way that can be comfortable. Like, there's no way someone looked at, there's no way uh, his friends looked at him before he left the house with those chains on and went, oh yeah, man, that looks cool, man. You're definitely not overdoing it or anything. You know, that, that's definite that those chains definitely don't weigh more than you do. Like, uh, it was crazy how many chains he had on. Like, it was hard for me to take him seriously. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Stop overdoing it. Like, we get it. You're rich. Chill out, bro. Like, it is insane. And um, it's just it's so hard to take him seriously. Freaking now he's got hair and. He's freaking wearing... Now, his outfits have always been a little out there, but you add the freaking humongous chains to the mix, looking like Rampage from back in the day, and uh, it just... It's so weird, man. It just makes me go, what the fuck, man? Like, what is my life? And um, with that being said, I want to move into the the next segment. We... um, want to get some uh, segments started on this podcast, and uh, one segment that I'd like to get started is, we're going to call this segment, What the Fuck is My Life? And the reason I, uh, I named this segment, What the Fuck is My Life, is because I say that to myself more often than than I'd care to share. There are so many times where I mumble that under my breath, or just think that to myself from headlines I see, or personal experiences, and I just go, man, what the F is my life? Like, how is this my life? In the first, in, coming in in first place for, for this segment, Blueface versus New Main. That's how you pronounce it, right? New Main? Fighting in a bare knuckle fight. I didn't, I didn't even, I, there was no way that when I saw this, 
uh, I had seen because uh, I follow New Main on everything because he's freaking hilarious. Even though y'all like to say that he's stealing content from other users, I mean y'all do the same thing every time y'all do your challenges. So, um, I saw that he was at the uh, the bare knuckle fights this uh, past weekend, and. I thought to myself, oh, he might just be, you know, hanging out or whatever. And then I saw him and Blueface were in the, each other's faces. Huh. He was in Blueface's face. And um, I thought, what the hell? That's weird. Why is Blueface just screaming in his face? Well, that's a tongue twister. Why is Blueface screaming in his face? And uh, I was like, what the hell? What is going on here? So then it comes out that... Him and Blueface are going to be fighting in a bare knuckle fight. What the hell? What? How is this real life? Like that? How is this real? And I'll be you'll, you. Bet your ass I'll be tuning in. And I hope freaking I doubt this will happen. But I hope Blueface gets his face macked up because I uh, I don't like Blueface music. I don't like any of it. It's so offbeat, and I know that's his. His st- his shtick, but his music's awful. So he should get his ass beat just for his music being awful. And um, Newman, if you need a trainer, I got you, bro. I got you. I have st- I have a striking background also, so I got you. Um, or I can just teach you how to rip his legs off. But um, also with that um on that card, Hector Lombard had fall on the uh, on the co-main event against uh, Joe Riggs and. Uh, And, um, afterwards, I'm pretty sure he got, uh, he was going to get, uh, squared off against, um, I think his name was Lorenzo, Lorenzo something. I don't know who he is, but he just walked up on Hector and Hector was having no part of it. He just swung the two piece on him, man. And freaking, you could tell dude was like, all right, I was just. I was just trying to uh, sell this fight. I was. Uh, I don't want no. I don't want no real problems. I just wanted fake problems. Like, chill, bro. Chill. It's. I'm just trying to sell a fight. And um, you could tell, Hector was not about it, man. He was not having it. And I'm. And I wanted to save the best for last, man. This is definitely, the cra- the the most w- what the fuck thing I've seen, this whole week. Did y'all know there are such things as knife-cutting competitions? I'm going to pull it up here. Yeah. Oh, fucking ads. There are such things as knife-cutting competitions. I did not know this was a real thing. And, um, oh, I'll just put it right here. Um, I did not know that knife-cutting competitions were an actual thing. Like, it is freaking insane. Like, whenever I think, like, whenever I think to myself, why is jiu-jitsu not more popular? I go, oh, because there are such things as knife-cutting competitions. I'll say that again. Knife-cutting competitions. Let's see how good I can slice this thing of wood or slice this thing of rope. Like, that's why the freaking price of lumber is going up, because it motherfuckers are out here just cutting wood just for the shits and giggles of it. Like, it is ridiculous. Like, take all those fans 
that are in the knife cutting uh, competition and I guess scene and tell them what jujitsu is and show them what jujitsu is and let's grow an actual sport, bro. Like, how is this a thing? Like, like imagine, like, I always, <laughs> I was painting this picture for my wife yesterday and I was, I was telling her about it and I was like, just picture this. Imagine if every single day I told you, all right, babe, I'll, uh, I'll be back home later tonight. I got to go to uh, knife cutting practice. What? <laughs> knife cutting practice? Yeah, you know, I got to get my, uh, I got to get my knife cutting technique right. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, are you a sushi master? No. Then you have no business freaking just out here cutting, cutting with knives willy-nilly. Are you freaking salt bay? No, didn't think so. So what is the practical use of it? Why are you doing this? It's so dumb. Like, like the courses are set up where you cut through a like a three by four plywood, then you cut what looks like a little rope of like just a regular rope, and then you have to slice a little piece of rope, and then you slice a little thing of bamboo, I guess, and then these these little pipes they dispense some sort of golf balls. And you have to slice through them. Then you gently slice it through a freaking little thing of rope. And then candles? I don't know, know what that is. Straws? Oh, great. Yeah, we're slicing bush lights, bro. That's definitely useful. Oh, and we're going to slice six bottled waters. Wow. Next time y'all complain about the freaking... Water. Oh, next, next time y'all complain about a water shortage, I think we know where that water's going to. So, yeah, great use of uh, bottled water and um, whatever that was, freaking candles. What was that, bamboo? Bro, who knows? What? How's this real? This is my life, man. This is all our lives. This is what goes on. These are the things that nobody wants to talk about. This is freaking crazy, bro. Yeah, bro. Freaking crazy. But as far as uh, I know, I, um, I always talk about uh, to my friends. I'm like, dude, I don't know how y'all watch TV nowadays. I never, uh, I never watch TV. But that's a lot because I was, uh, I was compiling things that I wanted to talk about on the podcast. And I was like, oh, I'm watching this show, I'm watching this show, I'm watching this show. I'm like, wait, I do watch TV. Fuck. Here I thought I was special. Because I'm not I'm not constantly glued onto a device, which I am of, it can be of any sort, watching something. So, I'm just like y'all, bro. I'm just addicted. And uh, something I've been addicted to lately is Rick and Morty, bro. Season 5 just come out, and it's freaking fantastic. Um... I will say though, this past episode, the first episode was banging. This second episode that came out this past week was a little tough for me, because sometimes Rick and Morty gets off on a little tangent where it's just you go from universe to universe to universe to universe to universe, and I'm like, okay, dude, what? I mean, I get what you're, I get what you're doing, I get the plot, but I'm like, this show's like supposed to be like 
just random shit going on and just throwing a bunch of things together and just making an episode. And this one just happened to be that the topic I was like, I mean, I get it. Multiple dimensions. They're all trying to take each other out. Okay. Like it, it gets a little like by the end of the episode, I was going, okay, that was enough for me. Like, okay. They were just trying to kill each other. Like it was clones of clones of clones. Like I'm like, okay, cool. Like I felt mentally exhausted after watching that episode. I was like, dude, that was so hard to follow. Like definitely make it easier on my brain to follow this show, please. But, um, I also watched, caught up on the latest Boruto episode, which was, what went on in this episode? It was more of a filler episode. Just, um, basically, um, Nor- they thought Naruto was dead, and now it turns out Naruto's alive, and, and so, so, I don't know if I already said it, but spoilers, um, you already know by now, but, um, they thought Naruto was dead because he got sealed up in that coffin, and then it turns out he's alive, and they realize he's trapped, but they got to find out where, and um, they have to get uh, Kawaki ends up leaving and uh, going to find the answers as to where Naruto is, and it's is drama going on in the Hidden Leaf Village. So there it is, thirty minutes of an episode summed up in about two. So you're welcome. And um, another great show that I recommend to everyone, even if you're not a, uh, well, no, no, you'd have to be a Marvel fan, is Loki. Man, this show is freaking banging. I'm pissed off that the wifey is gone this week because we are now officially two episodes behind. Yes, we're two episodes behind, babies. Two. And how pissed am I? Very pissed. I do not like missing an episode of Loki, let alone two. And it's so... Disney's got it figured out, man. They make you wait every single week for a new episode, just like they did with Mandalorian. And these shows, man, they're freaking... They're written so great, and the cast is great. Everything about the shows are great. They always throw in little Easter eggs and little hidden details that um, you later go on. You later see that mean a big deal and uh, give you hints on things that are coming in the future. And, man, I'm telling you, the last episode I watched, um, and spoiler, um, if I haven't already told y'all, um, Loki fi- Loki is traveling through, di- uh, oh, go figure, <laughs> the common theme with these shows, they like to travel through dimensions and timelines, and um, Loki is traveling through uh, timelines to uh, find his clone, and, well, not necessarily his clone, his, um, I can't, oh, his variant, that's what they call them, variants. And, um, he, uh, he's trying to find the, uh, not that this Loki, I mean, this Loki is kind of a good guy and a bad guy, and, uh, but they're trying to find the Loki that is killing all of the, uh, the TVA agents, so, they, uh, they end up finding him, or finding her, actually, which she's a, a woman, she's the woman version of Loki, and they end up finding her, and at the end of the episode, she goes off through some portal, and Loki chases after her. Dude, Owen Wilson is one of my favorite people, just in general, and his part in this show is so fantastic, man. 
I love him in this sh- in this show. And um, that's where I've left off, man. And I can't wait for her to get back so that I can talk about it because I'm trying to catch up on this episode, on these, uh, on these shows, man. And I'm pissed off because a show that me and uh, me and my wife started um, not too long ago um, is Yellowstone. Everyone had been talking about it. Literally, everyone has told us, "Have you watched Yellowstone? Have you watched Yellowstone? Why haven't you watched Yellowstone?" I'm like. All right, I'll give it a chance. What is it? Basically, Cowboy Sons of Anarchy. And I must say, man, it is very similar to Sons of Anarchy. It um, has a lot of comparisons, but they're not exactly it as far as, like, yes, they'll kill someone in a minute, but it's not as ruthless as uh, Sons of Anarchy. But I'll tell you, man... um, the first season was slow for me, and now we're on to like season two. And I'll tell you, man, it's starting to pick up. I'm uh, I'm ready for the wifey to be home because I'm trying to catch up on these shows, man. And uh, Yellowstone right now, I'm liking it so far. So um, I'll be um, I'll be sure to uh, I'll be sure to keep you guys posted on uh, when I finish Yellowstone because and this is something I'm glad that I'm watching it. I'm watching Yellowstone afterwards because all I hear people ranting and raving about is how Yellowstone season, I think it's season four or five, hasn't come out yet, and they are so pissed. So hopefully by the time I finish this show and season three or four, whatever it is, the other season will be coming out. So here's to hoping. But yeah, man, um, who's y'all's favorite character? Mine's uh, Rip. But then again, for the first, uh, the almost the first season and a half, I called everyone Rip, so it is what it is. And yeah, man, uh, something, another segment that I wanted to uh, to start on this podcast is Funny Clips of the Week, man. Uh, th- this is basically what I'm doing every single time I'm on any kind of social media, is just watching funny clips, because it's freaking hilarious. And dude... <laughs> they're I'm ranking them in tiers because there's so many that I watch, but there are some that stand out that I feel like I need to share with y'all because they're freaking hilarious to the point where like I've I watched this first one that I'm gonna show y'all like thirty minutes straight because I was dying laughing, man. I could not stop watching them. It is these two Korean guys singing Justin Bieber's Peaches. Like, just saying that already sounds hilarious, bro. Let's just—I'll just put a little, pull it up here. God, I, I hate when I breathe too close to the mic. Gets on my nerves. <clears throat> and I'll display it right on the screen so y'all can see. But it's fucking hilarious. Bro, this is the funniest video I've seen in a while, bro. Just Asian, and no offense, Asians. Uh, I love all y'all. But Asians doing 
anything is uh, they can make anything funny, yo. I think any town, any tro- any kind of culture tries to do American type shit. It's freaking hilarious, especially when it goes that. And when he said that's that shit, he said that that shit. It's fucking hilarious, dude. It's fucking crazy. And this, what's this other one? Oh God, this isn't necessarily a funny clip. I don't know what I'll. Y'all tell me what I should rename this segment because I may just say like outstanding or outlandish shit that's happened to me during the week because some of the another type of clips that I'm obsessed with watching and I don't know if it's the psychopathic part of my brain that likes to watch these videos, but it is watching people lifting or doing jiu-jitsu and getting their limbs snapped. I know it. we went dark there, but it is watching people getting their limbs snapped, man. I don't know what it is about it that attracts me, but I watch it and I go, oh. Like, I react just like everyone else. It's not like I get pleasure out of it, but I watch it and I go, oh, let me see it again. What happened? Let me say it again. How did it happen exactly? And I, and I don't know why. I don't know why I like to watch these videos, but I just like, I think it's because I go, damn, it's crazy that, that can happen to someone. Like, how... How does that happen? That's fucking crazy. And this is the video. This is a video of a guy doing a back squat, and then his shit just like collapses. Oh Jesus! He he squats all the way down, and I I think he's squatting. That's four plates. That's what forty-five, ninety, one eighty-five. No, no, no. 45, 90, 135, 185, and then he had a 25, so that's about like 450, 475, something like that, and the dude's pretty tiny, like he's not tiny, I shouldn't say that, he's like small in stature, but he looks pretty, pretty buff, oh man, and his freaking, it's like his left leg folds in, his left leg folds in a little bit, and then his freaking right knee, oh, it just collapses towards the outside. Like, what the hell? Like, I want to reach out to that dude and be like, dude, what is it that you snapped exactly? Like, did your pelvis snap or something? Or what happened? Because your whole shit, your whole lower body just instantly collapsed just now. Like, it just folded itself in. It's fucking crazy, yo. Fucking crazy. And then this other video is fucking hilarious. It's not hilarious. It's more wholesome than it is anything else. But it's this uh, little Mexican man finishing up his week of working with a nice chela. With a nice corona. And just watch this video. ¿Qué tan frillecito, chente? Ay. Ay. <laughs> the way that this, the way that my man's goes, after taking a long, a long drink of his beer, after he goes, uh, like, bruh, like, that is literally how I feel getting home and taking off a stinky rash guard, or how I imagine people feel after a hard day of work and just throwing their shoes off. Like, that is how I imagine people must feel after a hard day of work or um, 
hard day of training. Like, you know, everyone does, everyone has their own noise that they make when it's, when you can finally relax. And that dude's is hilarious. He, he just goes, he says, how was, how was it? Is it good? And he says, and before he even has a chance to answer him, he just goes, uh-huh. like he, like that was, that was the moment he was like, oh, okay, now I can relax. Like, bro, that's fucking insane. Fucking hilarious. What is my life, bro? This is what I this is what I do now as just for fun. I talk to y'all. I ramble into this mic and just talk to y'all about funny and what I think. And if you're listening to this, you obviously think it's interesting in some form. Crazy interesting shit that happens to me during the week. Or just in general. You know? But um that's the episode, guys. I think that'd be it. Um I think I'd give y'all guys a solid hour. Good solid hour. I'm gonna uh I'm gonna uh work on this uh work on this vlog for from this past uh this past month actually 'cause um I did a few things uh in June, so be on the lookout for that. And um I don't know if I'm gonna do a breakdown of uh my last match. Um what do y'all think? Should I do a breakdown of it and um give you guys some uh pointers and details on uh some jujitsu shit let me know um let me know in the comments uh dm me message me on facebook message the page on facebook um my uh my instagram is uh jazzjitsu 24 7 one and only jazz ortiz facebook one and only jazz ortiz and um yeah check us out on youtube um on uh spotify amazon music we're fucking everywhere dude we're everywhere. We're taking over, man. We're hashtag DJ Khaled in this thing, man. So, um, yeah, guys. Um, this will be the eps- This is the episode for this week, episode fourteen, maybe. And um, looking forward to uh, putting out many more. So, um, I appreciate you guys for listening. Peace out. news for you.